Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're asking, do dating apps ruin dating? Welcome, everybody. As a reminder, we have a subscription series called The Thirst Trap, which is available via Spotify and Apple. It's only $1.99 a month, so it's a super steal. And you get at least two bonus episodes per month. Right now, we're calling it kind of wine time with Laura and Heather. So lots of just fun updates and some topics that we don't go into on the free side. And also you get a 10% discount in the thirsty shop with your subscription. So it's super fun and you get some great stuff. You can go to the shop and at thirstythepodcast.com. And there are lots of fun sweatshirts, hats, mugs, stickers, all kinds of great things. We have a fun digital toolkit to help you with some goal planning. So there are some great things over there. Also, as a reminder, please feel if so inclined, if you want want to share this with um, anyone, you know, who might enjoy this content, rate review, follow us on socials. We read reviews. We love um, to be able to interact with you over on Facebook and Instagram as well. All right. Well, thanks everybody for being here today. Today we're talking about dating apps and, you know, I think most people have a love hate relationship with dating apps. Like I think we all know it's probably one of the better ways to meet people, you know, uh, but then there's a there's a shadow side of it that people hate it too. So we thought we'd do a whole conversation about it because I, sometimes I really do wonder, and it's something I've been wondering. So I wanted to do some research on it. I want to hear Laura what you think about this. Put this out there. What is the impact? The dating apps, what impact do they make on dating and relationships? Of course, for me, I'm back on the apps. And back in my 20s, dating apps weren't really a thing. There were some dating websites. There was Match.com. And I'm adding the .com because they were websites. Match.com, uh, eHarmony.com. You logged in on your laptop or desktop, and that's how you interacted and you sent messages. It wasn't on your phone. It was very different because that's, I mean, I met my ex-husband on Match.com way back in the early 2000s and yeah, you were writing emails like you yeah. really like got to know the other person and I feel like you also there wasn't all this swiping and lots of matches and every like all these people in your queue it was like a very minimal amount of people I feel like I interacted with which was interesting I did try eHarmony around that time as well and it was terrible because it was like this curated, I think it's different. I don't know if it's different now or not. I'm too scared to ever look at it again, but they like curated this like perfect match for you. And it was so bad. I like immediately called and requested my money back. Yeah. So I met my first fiance on eHarmony.com, the one that I broke up with. Yeah. And uh, he was the one that cheated on me the entire time we were together. But you're right. I remember it was like a huge, the, part of their marketing was it was this huge, questionnaire that you filled out and then it would send you matches. And I remember getting so annoyed because it would match me with people that I thought were so ugly <laughs> and I was not interested in them. I, you know, first of all, I didn't even want to kiss them. 
Secondly, they would live like hundreds of miles away. And I remember being so annoyed, but that, yeah. is, but I felt like I didn't know how else to do, how to do it, you know? Cause back then I was so socially awkward. I didn't really, I mean, I went out, but like nobody that tried to, sometimes men would try to hit on me in bars and I would like literally run away. It made me so uncomfortable. So I, I was so like socially backward back then. I mean, not that I'm all that better now, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I remember being like, what? And I, I did. And my husband, I actually met in the wild. I didn't meet him online at all. So it was really weird going back into dating. It's all apps, you know, in, in that amount of time in the, you know, 15 years I was out of the dating market, it turned into an app that you access on your phone. So things, things really are quite different because in the past I would just meet someone I'd hit it off with them. And then that was it. I didn't date multiple people. I just met someone. I was like, Oh, I'm really into you. And then we just, be together. It wasn't like that the way it is now, like at all, which I think is interesting. Oh, it definitely was not a numbers game. Like Mm-mm. it's different now with not feeling like you're ready to put all your eggs in one basket and you need to be dating a yeah. lot of people just to like, make sure that it's the right fit or whatever. But yeah, like in olden times, it's like you met a person and they seemed cool and you liked each other and you were just talking to them. Like, yeah, no. I, well, that's why I think it's interesting. Like now people do, that is exactly the first thing you hear from people. Oh, it's a numbers game. Yeah. But it didn't used to be. And people got plenty of people got fell in love, got married, you know, or had relationships or whatever. And it wasn't a numbers game and it worked just fine. So what happened to make it suddenly a numbers game? And is that a false statement, which I kind of think it is, to be honest. I don't know. I've been confronting a lot of things in myself and I guess I'm putting the conversation first here, but I have gone on a big loop where with this last round of dating, you know, I've been dating again for maybe like six weeks, I guess, or so. And only recently have I really like put any effort into it because I was like so heartbroken. I was like barely functional, but lately I've been trying and I've kind of made a full 360 where I'm kind of approaching it like I did in my twenties where I'm not really going out with you if I'm not into you like at all, which means right now I'm only dating one person. So I guess all my eggs are in one basket. (laughs) But and that's how I dated in my twenties, and I kind of don't hate it. Like, what's the why? Why do I need to date eight hundred people at the same time? Why do I need to do that? I think really? also, whenever I do meet someone that I end up legitimate, like any, like thinking back in the past few years, anybody who I've dated in a real way, who I've had real feelings for, it's almost an immediate. I'm just focused on them and like yeah. all of the nonsense. I don't need to go on six first dates in a weekend because I like oh. just this one person and like it flips really quick. Yeah. Well, one of my friends, Kara, who listens to this, so you're going to hear your little cameo here. You know, I've, I've only been on three dates with this one person, but I remember I was talking to this group of friends and I said, you know, I know I, I should like go on other dates with other people. And Kara was like, do you need to do that? why do you need to do that? Like, what's your purpose in like trying to do that? And that whole, cause people do say that I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. She's like, what does that even mean? What egg? There's no eggs. There's no basket. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you know what? You are right. And I'm not saying like, it's wrong. I mean, it's early. So like, it's totally fine and acceptable for people to go on dates, but She's right. Like if there's nobody else I'm interested in going on dates with, or I have a very full and busy life. I'm about to start grad school. I've got two podcasts, an executive job in tech. I have two kids. 
I have no, you know, like I don't have time actually to date a bunch of people. And you know, and I want to hang out with my friends like Laura, I don't ever want to be so busy that like you and I are trying to play in our magic mic marathon night. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm free in three months. I don't want to do that to make your own rules. And I think that's the big thing. Like you get to decide where you put your eggs and what baskets and like, you know, for some people, maybe that does work and it makes them feel more secure in a certain way or that they've like done their due diligence and made sure that they, their feelings are really real for the one person or whatever it is they're looking for. And those are their parameters with how they date. And you get to decide that that's not how you want to date. And that's okay too. I think also people get really hung up on what the other person is doing. Yeah. Your feelings are your feelings, but then they get so worried. Well, if he's going out with a bunch of people, then I should be too. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I had a realization for myself. So in the past I would be dating someone and I would leave my options open for a really long time. Like I would say, I don't even want to talk about exclusivity for like at least three months or four months, five months, even six months. I don't even want to talk about it. And not that I was dating a ton, but I just wanted to have that easy eject button. I've decided to do this around differently where I'm going to focus and I'm going to make a decision much faster. Like date five, six, if I'm like, you know what, you're great, but I don't see a future here. I'm calling it. I'm not doing it. And I actually think dating less helps you do that. Because I think when you're dating a whole bunch of people, you can just go on forever like that. You don't make decisions about anyone when you date that way. Or at least I don't. That's my history. So I've been trying it differently this time. And I kind of had that realization, like, what if I like actually take responsibility for making decisions about my love life and calling it off? You know, I don't know. It's been, I don't know. I've learned a lot in the last few weeks, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, today, like with all these apps, so I get thousands of likes. I'm queen of Tinder is back. I have almost 7,000 likes in just a few weeks on Tinder. I am back y'all resurrected. So I have thousands of likes, I have dozens of matches, and there's like seemingly an endless supply of interested parties. It's like, you know, I have a whole grocery store or Sam's Club or Costco full of men who seemingly want to talk to me and maybe go on a date. And here's the thing. I'm not special. That's most women. And most any woman that's on an app has thousands and thousands and thousands of options. Should she want to partake, <laughs> you know, in, in that many? I don't, but I could if I was in such a state. Dark days, I'd be going on three dates a day. It's not me anymore. You know, and as far as from what I hear, heterosexual men do get fewer options. I don't know for sure if that's true. That's just what I hear. You I mean, y'all like send for us a you. note yeah. yeah, and let us know if you think that's true. Men have far fewer options for whatever reason, but it still would seem to be way more than we dealt with in the past. Like I never, when I dated before, it was not like that at all. It was truly, I would meet someone, connect to them. And then I would like spend time getting to know them and we would just be together. It was totally different than it is now. It wasn't like the shopping thing of like eggs and baskets and and seeing who's the best fit and picking the best one. Like that, that was just not at all how it worked before. So it's kind of interesting. So anyway, with all this, I did some digging. I didn't just do it for my own like brain. I also did some digging across the internets. And as Laura and I like to laugh, so Laura and I do user testing, research, and strategy 
in different fields for a living. Like I lead a strategy team. But when it comes to this podcast, we are students of Google. However, I think we are decently uh, good at bringing in different inputs and talking about it as partakers and dating and dating apps and all of that. So that's kind of the funny thing here. We actually do know what we're doing, but in this case, we're, we're going the, the civilian route. All right. So one thing that I liked, I saw one phrase on the internet that I liked a lot, the swipe right mentality. I was like, oh, I've done that. That's a whole mentality. And that's for sure true. So dating apps really prioritize split second attraction. Like when I'm on an app, you know, using my thumb to swipe left or right, it is, I would say it's a quarter of a second, left, 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 like swiping through as fast as I can. Like I actually am like speed swiping. That's how fast I'm going. You look at a photo, you make an immediate decision most times, right? And this doesn't really set up anybody, I don't think, for quality choices about who they want to get to know better. Um, like I, I feel positive. I've swept left on the love of my life multiple times. I feel positive about that. Cause it's just like, you're moving so fast and you don't really know who these people are. I think it's interesting too, that basically every app in order to go back on your swipe to like, see their profile again, you have to be a paid user of the app in order to do that. Cause they know that you are just flipping through so quickly and that you will pay for that option to like, Oh, well maybe because you do sometimes you will just be going so quickly out of just like reflex and I'll be like, Oh no, wait. And then, you know, sometimes when you do go back, you realize, no, you were correct the first time, but sometimes you need like a double check and you have to pay for that double check. Yeah. Well, you know, something I think is interesting, and this is a good example of this. So every once in a very long while, I'll meet someone in the wild, you know, like in passing or one of my hobbies, I'll meet someone like through running or racing or, you know, through hobbies or something. And, you know, maybe about a year or so ago, I did meet someone in the wild and then we matched on Tinder. His Tinder profile was terrible, like instant left swipe. So bad he's actually a great guy. And we actually connected really well. And there wasn't a love connection there. We're friends, you know, but regardless, he's a great guy. He needs help writing a profile, but I I don't think he's the only one. I think there's lots of great people out there that just don't know how to market themselves. And that actually holds them back. So I think that's important to mark. Like just because you swiped left on someone doesn't mean they're not awesome. It just means maybe they had it like for me, pixelated pick out. It's kind of like we come up with this like set of parameters for what makes a left swipe, what makes a right swipe. And sometimes they're really stupid, pixelated, because you just come up with things because the volume is so high, you have to have some sort of personal filtering system. Pixelated pics, left. Photos with sunglasses, left. Hat, left. Kids in photos, Oh, where left. you live. Like if I can't tell where you live. Yeah. Out. Cause I'm like, well, out. I don't have enough information. If, if it's so sparse, I'm like, I have nothing to go off of here. No. Yeah. Well, and I think a big part of it is like, I'm not kidding. I swipe right one out of every probably 500. Like that's how big the volume is. And so you have to come up with some sort of like out, 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 you know? And, and to be honest, a lot of those filters are real dumb. A lot of like pixelated pics doesn't mean they're not great. It just means maybe they're not good at choosing photos of themselves, you know? So I think that's really, when I thought about that way, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I read something else that I really connected to that. And I think this is true. Instant connection is real, but a lot of times that's not how love works. Those are two different things. 
you know, and love takes time to build. And that kind of hit home for me a little bit because I think there've been plenty of people I've matched with on apps where right away we're off to the race. And I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. Like we're really, you know, banter, chemistry, we're hitting it off. And that is fun and that is great. And I think it's important, but I think it's important to remember that's not love. That doesn't mean they're going to bring you soup when you're sick. It doesn't mean they're going to love you when you break your leg or something. It doesn't mean they're going to support you emotionally and, and all those other things or that they're a good person who wants to grow with you. Those are two different things. And I absolutely support the instant connection part. Like immediately, yes, great picks, interesting, well-written. Like there's plenty, plenty of great people out there that aren't good at writing. I'm a writer, so my profile's pretty, and I'm a photographer. So my profile's pretty cute, I think. My photos are good. None of them are pixelated. They're not overly filtered. They show, you know, I think it's a well-done profile. And I, the way I wrote it is cute. I feel confident about it, but I also write for a living. I also take photos for a living. And that's not most people. And that doesn't mean they're not great. So I, when I thought about that way, I was like, oh, that's true too. It's that swipe right mentality. So, I mean, for you, and I know you're not dating, like you're in a committed relationship right now, but thinking back six months, <laughs> how many times did you swipe right, would you say, when you were on an app? Mine wavers depending on where I'm at because it went once when I just rejoined, standards are real high. So I'm swiping left on most of them. If I start to feel bad about myself or things aren't going my way, then I am probably more likely to swipe right more freely because I do a lot of the, well, maybe I could, you know, and I kind of change my like mental parameters or sometimes like my geographical parameters or other things that kind of widen the, the pool you're looking at. And I'll probably change how I swipe. So it really does depend on kind of where I'm at in my kind of dating process. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. And And also that's common. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, I think that is common. I think like, cause sometimes you just want to go on a date. Right. So then it's like, you stop looking for someone you actually want a relationship with. It's like, "Mm, I can spend some time having a drink with him. That'd be fine. If you're just like, Oh, you know, am I being too picky? I'm not getting great matches. Maybe I should be, you know, maybe I'm the problem. And then you start to widen it a little bit. And yeah, I think it just, for me shifts a lot because initially you're like, I'm going to have all these great matches and you get like, get back into it. And then you start to realize pretty quickly, like it doesn't, it's not immediate. I think that's the easy thing to forget. It's not this like immediate where all of a sudden, like it takes a long time to have some great matches often. Yeah, no, I agree. Gosh, you know, this, okay. So this is, I'm just like, this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm thinking a lot. I was really excited about this topic because I actually think there's a lot to talk about here. So that brings us to having too many choices. Is there such a thing as having too many choices? Because I think a lot of times people approach dating with who's the best one. I want the best one. And I think we're kind of thinking about it wrong when we do that. And that's like never going to turn out well for you because there is no best one. It's a false. Well, also, yeah. When does it end? And that's a problem with these apps. When does it end? Probably never, depending on how you have your app parameters set up could go on for forever. And there's always new people joining. We always yeah. know when there's like, Ooh, who's this person? Never seen them before. Like, you know, the new people when they've just joined and all of that. And it's like, it just doesn't end. And you get that in your head. Like, well, maybe the next one, like, yeah. I always know that like my phone time has gone up when I'm on dating apps, like your usage time, when you yeah. alert you like, Oh, yeah. you're up, you know, eight hours a day now. And I'm like, well, that's because of Tinder. Um, cause you're just constant like, okay, let me just spend some time and like, see who's there. And you just 
there's, there's, it's never ending. Well, I think, and I've been guilty of this. I would love to hear what you think. To be honest, I think I've done this multiple times. There have been times where I've been dating someone and at the first, the first sign of problems, the first sign of annoyance, the first sign of, ugh, you're kind of gross or something, you know, which that happens when you're dating someone like, sorry, it's not amazing all the time. Like there are things that are going to happen. You're like, oh, I don't like the way you chew, right? That's going to happen. And the first sign of that happening, you know, I don't feel a connection anymore. I'm out because you know, you can go back and there's going to be 800 other choices. And like, I kind of, you know, we make jokes about commitment issues. I really think this is part of it because you feel like, well, I'm just going to like go back to apps because there's thousands of people there, you know, <laughs> that want to meet me and you call it off so fast, you know, rather than like actually going deep with someone. And this is me like making a stretch here, but this is just something I wonder with all of the social impact of the pandemic of people that are coming off of a divorce the endless array of options, people are already scared about committing to someone and ruin. And, you know, they already feel like they made a mistake the first half of their life. They don't want to make a mistake the second half of their life. So you're already dealing with really skittish people. I don't know. Like, I know I've done it. Like, instead of like digging in to like fix it with someone, I'll be like, I'm out and I just leave, you know, because I feel like the grass is always greener. There's always more options. There's always a plan B, C, D, E, F, and G. Um, and maybe not everybody does that, but I do that. Yeah. I'm opposite, but I'm way more of like an easy committer than you are. And so I think that's part of it. So I'm more likely to meet someone, be excited about them and then like dig in. So that sounded bad. I'm not eating them, but to like, (laughs) you know, like a lot of jokes I can make here that I won't. (laughs) I'm more likely to stick it out and, you know, go deep and, you know, I don't know. I'm just more, I'm just a relationship person. I don't know. So I tend to not feel as pulled to the apps and options, but I am very much like the day of a breakup. I am back on those apps. Cause I'm like, there's someone else out there for me. Cause again, it feels like all these possibilities. Cause when that relationship has ended, I'm like, all right, well, clearly there is somebody there. And then you just, you know, you're back in it and you feel like there are a million people and then you realize there aren't. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think the only time I've seen, cause I've, I've seen you do that a couple of times. And the only time where I just have to laugh looking back now is when Tyler and you broke up the, that one time and you did go back on apps for a bit, but your reaction is different this time that you're like, Oh, I'm not interested in anyone. Can, can Tyler and I just get back together? Cause I don't want to do this. <laughs> That's what I wanted all along, but I was like, Oh, it probably won't happen. So I should like, see, maybe I'll meet someone who I'm into and that'll, you know, kind of know, take my attention or whatever, but I ended up canceling more dates than I went out on where I got. And I was just like, nope, nope, not doing it. Like I couldn't get myself there. And usually like, I'm much more likely to go on the dumb dates. I mean, I went on a couple of dates with nice people. Like I picked the right ones if I was going to go out. Well, not the last one I went on was terrible. It was way too old for me. And it was like weird. It was, um, but the other ones were fine, but yeah. I also didn't tell you and our friend Kristen that I was back on the apps initially. Like I was like secretive about it, but we knew you were, there are so many times like we know, but we're not going to like call you out, but we're like, okay, let's all just pretend because, okay. So y'all here's the thing, Kristen and Laura and I, Kristen, Laura and I know each other so well 
that there's some, it's kind of like you and I have talked about when you were really close to someone, sometimes you're more inauthentic with them because you know, they're going to tell you the total 100,000% truth and they're not going to let you just like skate on things. And it's not that we're mean with each other at all, but like, I know when I say certain things, I already know what y'all are going to say. Y'all are going to be like Heather or, you know, or something like that. And I know that you felt that way at times. And so that's kind of funny to me, but I, I do think we're kind to each other and that Kristen and I definitely knew you were already back on apps, but we also knew you were very sad and we weren't going to say Jack about it, but we were also like, you could tell us, we're not going to give you a hard time. I know. I just felt so yucky about it because I didn't want to be dating. But then I was like, I went back to, I think that's the thing too. People go back to their old pattern. So my, that was my pattern. That's what I knew. And technically we were broken up, but it was a break. I've never been on a break before. So that was like confusing territory for me. Um, so yeah, I didn't really know how to handle it, but I did what was like, what I was used to, whether or not I wanted to be doing it. Right. And that's it. It's so easy. And I think that's the piece with apps too. It is so easy. You're not leaving your house. It is on your phone. There is no effort you need to make. And that's why people get so easily drawn in. It's a, it's a vice quite honestly. Yeah, well, we're going to get to that right Right. after this. But there's one quote I found that I thought was interesting. It was from a psychologist, Barry Schwartz. And he talks about this concept of having so many choices on apps, which really is a new thing with the dawn of the app situation with Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and things like that. And he explains how actually when you limit people's choices, it greatly reduces their anxiety which I took this to heart, excess options feel overwhelming, leading to a sea of what if questions. You always wonder what else is out there? Where is the grass greener? And like I've said, with this round of dating, I have, I'm not doing it the way I did before. I'm only dating one person right now. And it's not that I can't, and I, and I don't care. Like, I'm sure he's dating other people and that's fine. We've only been on three dates, but like, I don't want to, so I'm not. And I think that's okay actually very similar to one of my kids. And when we, and she's a more anxious child. And so we work through a lot of these things and when we go get donuts and she gets so overwhelmed with the choices, sometimes we walk out of there and she hasn't even selected one. And like, I have such a hard time understanding that, um, like functioning in that way, but it's like so overwhelming. Um, but she would do better if, you know, she got two to choose from. And I do think that applies here as well. That like, do you need to choose from a thousand men or like five? Like, (laughs) why do we need to to look at all of the options? Because that is so overwhelming. Like, what do you look at and how do you prioritize and how do you know what's a fit? Because you can rationalize any of them to a certain degree. Like it just, it's too much. Yeah. I mean, going back to Kara's comment to me about the eggs in the basket, that made me laugh so hard I was like, because I, she knew I'd gone out with this one guy a few times. And I was like, I know I should like go out with other men and, and you know, and not put all my eggs in one basket. And she was like, yeah, but do you have to do that? She was like, you're kind of busy and you are enjoying getting to know this person. I don't understand why you feel pressured to be going on a lot of different dates when it doesn't even sound like that's something you want to be doing and spending that much time dating. I was like, yeah, you're right. What am I, what am I doing to myself here? I don't question that with myself. Like I'm pretty easy to be like, all right, well, I like you and I can tell that you like me and I'm, you know, let's just date. But I do get in my head sometimes of like, cause you might say that, like, I know it's so early, but, and it's like, well, no, like we both like each other. Like, why do we have to like make excuses for why? Like you, get nervous of like, Ooh, what are they 
they going to think of me if I just want to date them? It's like, well, they're going to think I like you. Like, what's the problem here? Well, we get so paranoid. Yeah, no, I think that is totally true. But I can say mine comes from a slightly different perspective. Well, it's two different things. One, so I've been cheated on. You know, my first fiance cheated on me for three straight years. And Rowdy Ryan, who I called out by his real name when I did the moth story, you know, it turned out he'd been sleeping and dating with a lot of other women when I knew him. And then he, uh, you know, he was so awful. I think some of it comes from if you've ever been cheated on, you're like, I don't really know this person yet, you know, so I can't trust you. We're strangers. I'm still getting to know you. And so I think that comes into play too, which I'm not going to say that's totally wrong. Like we've talked about on this podcast, I really believe in a slider approach time, love, dependency. Like there are certain things that all need to come up together. Like I can't love and trust someone I've only known two weeks. I don't know you, you know, so you need time, consistency over time to really get to know who a person is. So for me, when I say it's early, I think that's what I was getting in my head about. It's like, it's early. I don't know if this is a good person. I think he's a good person, but he's still a stranger. I just met him a month ago, you know? And so I think those are some of the things you think about you know, and I think for me, I've gotten to a point in my recovery from divorce and my dating journey where I am comfortable only dating maybe a very few number of people, all people I'm actually taking seriously and actually wanting to get to know. And dating is not just an activity to me um, and still realizing and being able to control myself to not fully fall for someone that I literally just met, you know, and so learning to have the skills to do all of that at the same time has been big for me and really helpful. So I see what you're saying and I agree with it. I think other people have different perspectives they're coming into that come into play here too. And I think sometimes it's people that have had their trust broken really badly, you know? So, oh, I sound funny. I'm not cracking up. I promise you, I just forgot to breathe. So I sound like I'm crying over here, but I'm not. I just haven't, didn't breathe when I was talking. It's just that. All right. So something else here, I'm calling it keeping up your downline, which is the MLM reference. This leads us to people are, I mean, I'm, and I kind of teased this earlier on, and I've definitely done this. People are less likely to try a real relationship because getting to commitment or exclusivity is less likely. People are just much slower to get to that overall, not Laura, but a lot of other people are just like, take a lot longer to get to that because it's just accepted. Everyone is dating multiple people for the most part. Or at least talking to other people, you know, and many people have been burned once. And so a lot of them have this like common knowledge mindset to just have multiple backup options. Well, this guy might fall through and that, I mean, we all know like in dating, like things fall apart. Although I will say this last round, I haven't had a lick of that. And I think it's because I'm different. I am picking different men. Whereas in the past, like I would, I'd have men that would ghost who would disappear. They would turn out to be trash. I haven't had that experience once in the last couple months, which I find incredible. Laura can attest. She's been following right along with everyone. I haven't had one bad experience yet, Mm -mm. which is shocking. You know, guys, I didn't have a connection with, but I think that's normal dating. Like, I think I've finally gotten there. I've gotten there. I've gotten to the top of the mountain. Good. It's a great place to be, quite honestly. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and that means that people do bounce more easily because they feel like they can just turn to their back burner right? Or, you know, safety net, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, however far you want to go back to get their new options. They're less likely to work it out because as soon as they hit a speed bump, they just go to the next one. 
in their downline. I mean, Laura, I know that, again, you're in a relationship now, but thinking back six months, you know, is this something you experienced or what do you think about this from hearing me talk about it? We have had times where I've been dating multiple people at one like early days, you know, multiple first dates or connections or whatever, but I am often so quickly to end up in an exclusive relationship that I don't experience that quite as much on either side. But I mean, I will say with Tyler, it was interesting just because it was long distance off the bat, which is like a whole different level of trust and decision-making around being, you know, quote unquote exclusive and kind of what navigating that, I think it made it a little bit easier for us to like really talk about that because I was just coming off of the guy who harassed me around that time. And it was literally like that date was two days before I matched with Tyler. So it was like all of the happening at the same time. And so I was ready to just like turn off my apps, like Tyler and I match and I turn them off the next day because of all of this nonsense that was happening. So it made it easier to like have that conversation where I think he felt more comfortable because I think he's been cheated on before and had experiences that have been negative. So I think trust for him was really hard. And so we were kind of on an even playing field and I, he is just really easy to trust, even though he was a stranger. And I understand that, but um, that made it a little bit of a different situation. If all of that hadn't been happening, I probably would have been less likely to like jump into that because he wasn't local. And I probably would have been doing more dating with other people here. And I think that would have been tough though. Like, I don't know. I think it's all really tough. I have a hard time establishing, establishing a lot of connections all at the same time. I mean, they're all in with someone, or if I'm not all in with them, then I wonder what, what I'm doing, trying to date them. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. No, I I think that's good. I mean, I'm a little bit different, but I think the way you do things is is good. I mean, that's why this podcast is good. You and I do things differently. I mean, one thing that I did think was interesting, we've talked about this, although I think you're better at this than I am, staying true to yourself and like what you want to do. Dating apps are a big part of that fuel, I think, for dating multiple people at once. Again, this is not something that really happened before so much. Like now it's accepted the norm is everyone's dating multiple people at once. I want to ask, how do you approach this? Like if let's pretend, let's take Tyler out of the mix because you're very into him. Normal person when you're normally dating, how do you approach making connections with multiple people? I feel like I, I stay pretty open. I feel like early, early days, but again, once I meet someone that I'm really into, I don't really have the interest or the energy to like really actively pursue anyone else. I'm thinking about the guy that I dated, you know, like roughly a year ago, I guess it ended that relationship ended almost a year ago, which is wild, but I dated like over last winter and I was more quick to like, tell him I wasn't going to date people than other people. And he was, I think keeping, I think he was still dating some while we were, which I was okay with. I think that's one thing I was okay with saying, I'm not looking to date other people, but you know, I can't, I'm not going to tell you what to do because he had literally just joined Tinder and we matched the second day. So I'm like, I get you're in a different spot, but I think earlier on, I was still, I was absolutely still matching and going out with people and, you know, navigating those waters. And I think that's okay. I think I'm usually a pretty good at gauging when my feelings have shifted in a way where I just don't have the interest in trying to go. Cause it is exhausting. Like 
a lot of matching and talking and planning dates and have limited time to do that. I'm not going to explore that if I'm into someone else. And so once I start to feel those feelings, I'm usually fine to just like take a step back from all of that. Yeah. I mean, in the past I did date multiple people at once. Like I would go on second, third, fourth dates with multiple people at the same time. I am doing it differently this time because I think the danger there is you don't make decisions. Like it becomes, Hey, I'd love to see you again. It's like, okay, that's fine. I think when you are so open to dating so many people at the same time, that's what ends up happening. And I don't think that's bad if you're, if you only want to date casually, you do not want to, you don't want to look at exclusivity. You don't want to look at commitments. I think that works for you. And in the past, that is what I wanted. Now I'm making decisions. Like, cause I think that's the danger when you date multiple people, you stop making decisions. You can just keep going forever. Right. With all these people. Or you end up choosing the one person who makes the most effort, whether or not you're into them the most. It's like, well, everyone else kind of fell away and you're the last one standing and you're nice and you've been, you know, pursuing me in a nice way. So I'll, you know, like that's, that has happened for me before where I was dating multiple people. And then the one person who, again, was a nice person, but if I had wanted to exclusively date him, I would have made that decision without it just kind of ending up. It was like a luck of the draw situation almost, which is not great. Cause you're not choosing. Yeah. Correct. Well, I, I love, I, I have to say, I'm so patting myself on the back this last time. Cause I love the way I'm doing it. It's really working for me. I'm making myself make decisions. You get one date and I am a big proponent of, I think it takes a few dates to really know about someone, but if I really look deep inside, I know, I know, I know. After so a first fast. date, if there's a connection there or not that you want to yeah. pursue, you know, if you're interested. Yeah. I know if I'm curious. Like at a very like even basic, like I know if I'm curious, like, do I want to spend more time with this person? Just that simple. And I would ask myself that and I'd be like, I think I'm okay not learning anything else. And then I would call it off and I'm making decisions now instead of just like rolling with it. And I think in the past, I'd be like, oh, if he asked me out again, I would actually say this to Laura. If, if he asked me out again, I'd go. I don't think that's me being in charge of my love life. Having that well, attitude. I was just going to say, like, it's very often the easier thing. It's like, well, if I hear from him again, then I'll decide. Like you use your decision yeah. off of what they're doing versus like, well, how do I feel about it? Like, it shouldn't be a default whether that person texts me again. I'm adult enough to know like, all right, do I want to see that person again or not? And make that yeah. decision and cut it off if it's not a fit. I mean, I have to say, so I went, I've been on dates with six men in the last two months. I made decisions about every single one of them and I called and I cut it off. And in a very nice way, because they were all very nice guys, but I made a decision. It was not a, well, if they asked me out again, funnily, every single one of them asked me out again. Because <laughs> I think you're different. When you're healthy, it's different. It's different. Dating is better when you have really like worked on yourself. But I also think it's interesting that I'm making decisions now and that's making dating overall better. I, I, I well, And also, you know, if you let some of those just fall away rather than anybody saying anything, those are the men that are going to text you in like six months to see what you're doing. Yeah. Like they always like resurrect in some way if you have yeah, not no. made a final, like, no thanks. No. Well, and here's another thing that I think is a danger of dating apps. And this is one that I am dealing with a little bit. I think I'm doing okay with it, but it's always going to bother me. So here's the bad thing about apps. You stay matched with them you know when they've logged in because their location changes. All these apps work on location. So if you've got Bumble or Tinder, Hinge you can't tell, but Bumble or Tinder, 
you can see if they're mega active or just a little bit active or if they never check it at all. And so you can see their location changing. You see their photos change. I know for me, I have a hard time with that a little bit in the early stages because I know they're not doing anything wrong. But if I see their location changing like 20 times a day, that gives me a lot of pause. I'm like, oh, I don't. And the funny thing is you don't know why it's changing. You don't know what's actually happening. It's all assumption, but it does make me uncomfortable. I think men don't realize that women do look at that. Like they have, I've mentioned this to Tyler. He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, so did you ask him? Up, I think based off of, I think something with you recently or something. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, well, you know, like sometimes we'll like see the situation has changed. And it's like, you know, normally they're like five miles from your house. And now they're like 10 miles from your house. And you're just curious. And he's like, what? I don't think they do that. Like, no, it's different. Well, I mean, I've caught cheaters that way. Like Rowdy Ryan, I, that's how I knew it was lying to me a lot of times. Well, I had in the early, early, dark, dark days was dating someone and, you know, and Bumble's pretty specific about locations and things. Yeah. And I'm like, this man was all over the place after I'd like leave his house where he said he was going to bed. And I was like, where are you going? And I never knew because I was, I'm not going to ask, but like, but I knew I, he was I also. You. <laughs> I bumped talk to you, but I knew he wasn't the most reliable person in a lot of ways. So, I mean, clearly it was bad dating days for me, but also I was just like, are you lying to me about where you're going? Like it was, yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was not, I should have just not been dating that person is the answer. If you are question, if you have to question and you're like, then it's not a good thing. If, if someone's like legitimately, like you went out on a date with them and then you say good night and they're like, all right, I'm going to bed. And then they're like 20 miles away from this. Like, where did you go? Like what's happening? And you can't, and you can't ask. No, but you should end it. <laughs> I hate this part. I hate that part so much. I, I mean, I have dealt with that a little bit because like, that's the thing, like, especially in the early days, they, I mean, they're allowed to do that, you know, but it's still, I think where I go, like I'm taking dating seriously. And by that, I mean, dating is not an activity to me. I would like to fall in love. So I am taking it seriously. So then I question if I see their location changing a lot. I'm like, are you taking it seriously? Or are you just wasting time with me? You know, are you making decisions? Like that's what where my mind like, goes. If you if you have exchanged numbers, like do you stay matched? And that's part of the problem. It's like no. we stay matched and then you have that at level of access that's weird. Cause it also makes me uncomfortable if somebody would come back and look at my profile I that I am dating, but I if I'm dating other people, like do I change my picture? Does that change how they might feel? Even though I know we're both dating, it gets real weird. I feel like there should just be a uniform role once you move over to text. We should just not be connected anymore because it it, it gets real murky. Oh, I want to unmatch to save myself, but I just don't know how to justify it. Like, I mean, it just sounds sus. So now I'm just like, I just need to control myself and not look because again, they're not doing anything wrong. And I know they like me and I know I like them and it's fine. Yeah, I think you just can't go back and look at the profile anymore. No, it's so hard done. for me. Okay, we should move on. Okay, so dating apps can be addictive, and you kind of alluded to this earlier. So there's actually some science against this. Catalina Toma, who is a professor of communication at the University of Wisconsin and an expert in the psychological effects of online dating, maybe we should have her on the show here. She sounds like a good person to have on. She shares that mindless swiping is actually an addiction mm. symptom. Totally. I is. believe it. 
I believe it. There was an article in Time, actually, where that she contributed to, and she shared that using Tinder may become addictive through the process of, big phrase, operant conditioning. Essentially, anytime you see like it's a match pop up, you've got a new match. It, it's a rush of endorphins. You get that like little hit. It's as if you're being rewarded and that these matches and then those positive feelings, they keep coming at unpredictable times, like little rewards and treats. And you develop an unconscious attachment to those little rewards. And so it's like instant gratification. It's like instant gratification, attention, validation that can't be replicated in face-to-face -face interactions, right? It's like a little, you won, here's a little tip, here's, a, you know, you leveled up here. And then after a lot of, and then there was another person that contributed this article that was a user of Tinder, and he confessed that after a while spent swiping, you just find yourself mindlessly doing it. I relate to that. I mean, this really ties into what you and I have discussed about dating for attention and validation. What do you think? Has it ever felt addictive for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of books last year um, that I did not read because I would like <sighs> take my phone and my book out to the hammock and I'd lay there and be like, well, I'm just going to like check the apps first before I start reading. And once you have gone through the three to five dating apps on the phone that are active at that time, and then you're like swiping and then who's liked me and then who I match with, and I should send a message, and, you know, you get into like the good morning texts or whatever that you feel like you have to reach out to your man that like, that'll steal two hours from your life right there. And I'm like, all right, well, this book is just not getting read. Like it just sucks you in. Cause you're also like, yeah. who's new here? Maybe there's someone great. When do you stop swiping? Like, what are the rules? Are we setting timers for ourselves? We probably should. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing you and I have talked about too. Like at, at times be like, Oh, I'm not, I haven't gotten many matches lately. Like we actually talked that way. There is a piece to it though, where you get out of it, what you give. So you have to spend time swiping mm -hmm. or you will not match like, you know, and you can't rely on who's liked your profile if you're paying for it, because often those are not people that you're actually interested in. Like it can right. be anybody. So if my parameters are ages, you know, 40 to 50, that doesn't stop 25 year olds from swiping on me. It, it, so like your who's like me queue isn't necessarily speeding up the process. So you really do have to spend time swiping in order to match with people that you are interested in. It takes yeah. time. And that's like, though, it's, it's an easy way to justify spending mm -hmm. that time because yeah. otherwise what's the point? Why am I paying for this app? If I'm not going to spend the time in the app swiping and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I'll say straight out, like, I think part of it is an addiction thing at times. Like I have dozens of matches that I've never talked to. I've never reached out. I've never sent them a message. It's like collecting, it's collecting matches that you're never, you don't have any actual intention of doing anything real. With. It's so toxic because you could just look at that person and be like, yeah, actually, I really don't think I'm into that person and just unmatch, but we don't, we leave them there. Yeah. Like, like sometimes it's like a little challenge. I'm like, I just want to see if they ever write me. It's crazy. I'm realizing how toxic I am by talking about all this. All right. So this also leads us to in-person chemistry. So there's like a little moat, right? A moat you've got to cross, a bridge you've got to get over from the app into real life. And we all know that sometimes app or text chemistry doesn't translate into real life. We know that. Some One of the things I read was that when you're texting... It's all on your own terms. You respond when you want to, when you feel you when you feel like it. It's on your own terms. It's much more controlled. Whereas when once you meet in real life, it needs to be organic and in the moment. You can't just be sitting there and be like, "Oh, I'll I'll answer your question in 
45 minutes. No, like it's a much different dynamic. You have to be organic. You have to be in the moment. You can't just respond whenever you feel like it. And I thought that was interesting to think about. And I think that's also why people have trouble if they text too long or they're in app because people can be their best self over text. Like I can think of my funniest, cutest jokes. And while I like to think of myself as funny in real life too, you know, it's not necessarily your real self. It's pretty curated because you can totally control it when you're on text just connect really well in that way. And I've definitely been, for some reason, the word bamboozled came to mind. I don't know (laughs) if that's appropriate here. Um, Probably not. But like, where I will get tricked by someone not intentionally, but like, they seem so great. Such a good connection where it like, it's perfect. Like I'm going to date this person for a million years. This is so great. And then you meet them in person. You're like, what? Because they are so incredibly different and you just can't replace you know, that for actual in-person, I want to date this person. Yeah. It's totally different. And then another thing that I think is interesting that I read about, and I, there's a lot of things that I read that really hit home to me. I was like, oh yeah. Which there was a question that was asked that I read online on a Reddit forum, forum, do apps reduce the humanity of the other person. And I can see how swiping through hundreds or thousands of profiles reduces people, humans, to just a pipeline of options for you to date or, you know, fuel for your own self-validation rather than humans and actual connections. And I think that fact, and and here's my joke, the fact that not a small number are literal bots doesn't help. You know, like I always have this question of catfish, bot, or real person. And sometimes I'll send them to Laura and Laura will take a bet on which one it is. Yeah. I mean, it is so hard. And I feel like that often translates to how the interactions end up being because I've gotten that lack of humanity. And I think we have both interacted with men who just immediately, like they're, they're just not nice off the bat. It's like they want yeah. a certain thing from you immediately. And if you're not giving that piece, whether it's responding quickly or telling them something they want to know, like I had someone get mad at me, I wouldn't tell him the name of the podcast. And I'm like, you don't even know me. And I'm like, it's a really nice, we don't bash men. Oh, sure. Sure. You say that. Like he immediately couldn't trust me that I was telling him the truth right. within like five yeah. minutes. And then he unmatched me and it's like, there is no humanity or trust or anything else. It's just like, tell me what I want to hear or do what I know, or I'm out. And I think we see that a lot in dating groups too. Like how quickly people be like, well, I answered their question or I asked a simple question and they unmatch, 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 because it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It is pretty transactional at times rather than human connections. It's a transactional arrangement a lot of times is weird because the whole point is to, in theory, is to seek connections. But obviously we know we talk about this all the time about people being on apps for, you know, attention. I mean, I'm wearing my, um, (laughs) here for attention and validation tank top today, which was really fun. Um, with a mom at swim lessons today who asked me what my shirt said. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Do you forget Um, you're wearing that sometimes? shirts, but I don't like ask them about it. So I was like, well, this is awkward. Um, but yeah, like there are people who are on apps for actual connections. And I think that reads through a lot, like we're not all here for the same reasons. And so you're not going to treat me the way that I would treat you because I'm here to actually date somebody. Yeah. It's fascinating. 
All right. So with all the things that we talked about today, what's your takeaway? Do dating apps ruin dating? Like my, again, my kids will ask me like how I met my boyfriend or how I met their dad. And I'm like on the internet and they're like, well, it's confusing. And it's hard to explain. It's like, well, when you're busy and you know, you don't have a lot of options to go out and meet people in real life. It's like, it's a great opportunity to have that access to people that you wouldn't necessarily run into in your real life that are great. But I constantly go back to the space of like, there has to be a better way than what exists now, because I do think, especially Bumble and any of the swipe apps, which is mostly Bumble and Tinder right now, they're really, it is a really negative environment most of the time. It's not a great experience. And I hate having to like put my best pictures out there for men to evaluate. Like I don't like it, but I don't know what the better way is because some of the apps that are trying to do it differently that aren't swipe based. I have found to be not that great. So I don't, I don't like there, I, there has to be something better. I do think that Tinder as kind of the leader in this category has created a really just negative, toxic situation that I kind of wish all of us could just like back away from and stop. <laughs> like if we all just stop, will it go away or can they change it for the better? Because it's not a great environment, but I think the problem is no one knows a better answer and that's where it's really tough. I think it is the swiping. Like just in hearing you talk about, I think it's the actual swiping that that is a big part of this. It's the left, right, left, right, left, 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 left times a thousand. I think that's what it is to a great degree. I think we've talked about this, but like the website hot or not, it just feels like that. Like it is so terrible. Like that website was terrible. Like you're reading people's faces. And that's a lot of what this is because most of the time it's tap, tap picture, left, 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 left. Before you even really like looked at their profile, it is all just hot or not. Yes or no left or right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, don't, you don't see their profile when you're swiping, you just see their picture and their maybe their name. That's it. You have to like tap to go deeper and like, sorry, I'm not doing that for a thousand men. <laughs> you know, there's too many. There's too many. Oh, okay. I think we like solved the issue there. My takeaway actually from going through all this, because it was kind of funny. I brought up this idea. I pitched it to Laura. I was like, oh, I think I have an idea for a podcast episode. My question is, do dating apps or how do dating apps impact dating? And Laura was like, oh, that is an idea for a good topic. What's the answer? <laughs> I was like, let me do some research and thinking. Let me get back to you. And where I've gotten to is I think actually dating apps are good for dating, for meaning for going on dates. Like it's how you're going to meet people, especially in this world where we all work from home. I don't go to bars anymore unless I'm on a date or with friends. So it's a great way for me to meet people or to find people that maybe I want to meet in real life. So I think it's good for dating, the activity of dating, but I think they're bad for meaningful connections and real relationships. I don't think they're good for relationships. I don't know that they're good for love. And I think you really have to bring a lot of your own principles and your own values and your own boundaries in order to make it work for you. Because I think if you do it the way the apps tell you to do it, I don't know that you're ever going to be in love with someone or commit to someone or go deep with someone because it's really like going to Target or Walmart or some sort of store and you use them until you're done with them and then move on to the next. That's how the apps are set up. So you have to bring in your own sensibility, your own point of view in order to make it really work for you. So that's kind of, I think, where I've landed. I don't think they're good for relationships, but you really have to control it with your own sense of values to make it work for you. I think it's being willing to be there long enough to meet 
a like-minded person who is you. Cause I mean, you've obviously had a relationship with someone who, you know, a serious committed relationship with someone from an app. I've had three or four, like a similar again, yeah. all from dating apps, but it takes again, really finding someone who is there for similar reasons, who communicates and is open and that you can trust and all of that. Like it takes a long time to find that person and not be super jaded in the process. Um, yeah. They're out there. There are other people who genuinely want connection, but it's kind of just getting past all of the ones. And I think what you're finding out is changing how you're approaching things is garnering for lack of better terms, better results. You are dating in a better way and attracting better people and you're approaching it in a healthier way. And I think that does really help. And when we're all out there, you know, running around in our dark days mess, like then no, you're not going to be as likely to meet someone where it's like a real true connection. Yeah. Well, this has been fascinating. It can be tough out there. Uh, the world is different than it used to be. If you're an old fogey like us back out there, but this is fascinating. I feel like I learned, a, I love talking about this. This made me think a lot more deeply. I mean, I'm on the app, so this directly impacts me thinking about how I use them and what I'm using them for and being intentional. I hate the phrase dating intentionally. I, cause it's like, what, is, what does that mean? It's like another catchphrase or whatever, but being thoughtful about how I'm using dating apps, being thoughtful of how I spend my time, thoughtful of who I spend time with. That has been good for me. So today talking about this has actually been really helpful. And I think I will actually use some of this. Hopefully it's helpful to some of you as well. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. 